I'm Matthew Martinson. I'm Gordon McLattery. And this is Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio. Uh, first one. So this is the first of hopefully our series of podcasts, uh, mostly focusing on Indie Game Audio because that's kind of what we do. Sure is. Uh, I'm, I'm Matthew Martinson, as I said originally. Right. Uh, I've been doing game audio for like 10 years now. Yeah. I'm currently the audio department, as we like to say, at Clay Entertainment. So I do all the sounds for all our games. Right. You know, we're, we're a big indie, I like to consider us. Right. So. And I would be the opposite end of that. And yes, where are you? Very small indie. And who are you, Gore? I'm, I'm the, the new young gun uh, in the podcast. I'll be learning things from Matt a lot. Um, I've only been doing game audio full-time for about a year. And it's not even full-time because I have to fill in my other space with film and commercials and things like that. Um, so, yeah, you're still kind of spreading around and doing a little more post stuff as well. Yes. Yeah, I haven't yeah. done post stuff for years now. So Right. You know, that's... I like to dip into it from time to time. Commercials, commercials are fun. Yeah. It's like a one-day commitment. Make bank. Get out. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I went to Vancouver Film School on a scholarship, and then uh, I hopped right into working on Rogue Legacy, which wound up doing really well. Yeah, that's a pretty... Was it, was Rogue Legacy, like, your first game? Yeah, that was my first real game. I, I worked on Shellraiser, right. but I didn't do any audio. I just did some music. Okay. And then my friend Alessio got hired for Rogue Legacy and uh, to do the audio, and then he got me basically on an audition for music, and then I was... I, Got that, started doing music, then Alessio got hired at EA, and then uh, I took over the sound design as well, and then we picked up another musician. Cool. That's what the, both those games, pretty awesome to be pretty like your first. Pretty lucky first two games. Yeah. Yeah, so I need something for this year that can stand up to those two. I think I might have found it. Yeah. I'm starting working on, uh, well, we're still ironing out the details, but uh, there's a game called Oclos uh, with some guys in Argentina. Sweet. And it's uh, you, you rule a ancient Grecian mob <laughs> and you run around destroying things and killing gods. And it's, it is a blast. I've got, a, I got the first build and, uh, or the first build for me and it's, yeah, it's already super fun. So nice. let's hope, let's hope that one does well. Sweet. Yeah. What am I, what am I working on these days? I'm still working on don't starve and five other projects. I thought. No, so you're doing five games at once. Yeah, at Clay, I'm working on on five games right now. Um, <laughs> I'm working on uh, Don't Starve DLC, which which is awesome. Like that's a super that's it's one of the biggest games I've um, I'm proudest of. I would say mm-hmm. um, it's pretty awesome to have been involved yeah. in that one. Uh, and then working on Invisible Ink, which is one of our new games at Clay. That's uh, oh, I thought it was just called Invisible. Oh, Incorporated. Yes. Ah, yeah. what a good pun. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so that's fun because that's I've never done a um, turn-based game before. Right. And it's different. There's there's much more soundscape. You kind of have to fill up. There's a lot more room. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you can just sit there and like mm-hmm. contemplate your move forever. Yeah. So it's it's kind of have to like revise some of my thinking about stuff and fill stuff. Well, because yeah, a one minute loop is no longer no. going to cut it. Not at all. Yeah. For yeah, one of the one of the big things we're doing with that game is uh, we're increasing the length of all our music by oh, a large okay. large portion because it's like well, when music's blazing. We you know yeah, one minute music loop ain't going to do nothing. Right. So and is it uh, 
Are you guys working with dynamic music at all, or yeah, we're going to layering. Um, we're still figuring out exactly what we're going to do with that. Right. Um, but yeah, that's that's the idea. It's it's right now. It's kind of like how dynamic are we going to make it? Right. Because if it's not, it's just boring. We need. Yeah. We need. Well, that, and if someone change. is sitting and contemplating, then when do you trigger the dynamics? Yeah. You're right. Okay. Um, so we got that going on, and we got eats eats munchies going on. I haven't heard much about that. Uh, it's coming out soon. Possibly okay. by the time the podcast's out. I'm not sure. We're oh, sweet. Soon. That's, that's, that's been fun. We did, did physics puzzler for kind of more kid-focused. Right. Uh, and then we got two unannounced projects Okay. on the go as well. And you're going to make the big announcement right now, right? No. Yeah, I bet else would be. No. <laughs> I think you guys would be really big into that. You did what? <laughs> I got to say, it is one of, the, one of the nice things about working in the indie world there's way less of that, like super, like NDA. Don't ever talk about this. Yeah, it's stuff, and maybe that's just the company a, it's I real, work for. Something that I found really interesting is the level of comfort levels you work with. Um, Rogue Legacy was pretty. It wasn't legally like very tight, yeah. but they were very, very careful. Mm-hmm. Um, which and it made working on the game a little hard. Well. Not harder, but it, the sound isn't as good as I would have liked it to be because I never got really any builds. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't get a, the exact session until to mix until yeah. basically five days before release. Wow. So I had to mix the whole game five, in five days and, and uh, really hadn't, had to teach myself exact <laughs> at the same time. Um, but uh, that, that, I mean, I think they had to do that. Yeah. It was... It obviously the game was successful, and if someone had stolen it, it would have been a terrible, terrible thing. <laughs> However, the new game, um, the guys don't care at all. Yeah, they sent me the, a new. They sent me a build immediately, yeah. and uh, aren't worried about the NDA stuff whatsoever. Right. So, which I totally like, totally fully understand being super careful when you're sending builds around and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I definitely have noticed just like talking about stuff in the indie community. There's much more of like, oh yeah, I'm working on this game. This yeah. is what it is. Mm-hmm. There's less of the like, oh yeah, I'm working on secret project X. Yeah, you know, like like I said, even us, we've got two projects. We're not talking about them yet, They're, but people know we're working on something. Something, right? Um, but and two, it kind of leads into the like we did. Don't starve in the like open, totally open beta, almost. Yeah, for or open alpha, open early access. I early that's access. what they're that's calling it now. Okay, when we started it, they didn't have that name, but right. Yeah. Now it's it's early access, which is really cool. I think it's a great idea. Um, it really changes how you work, mm-hmm. and I think in a really interesting interesting way. And more and more people are doing it now. So, um, yeah, we learned a lot from that. And you know, like it's really cool getting feedback super early on about everything. Yeah, from your players, from the same people that are going to be reviewing your game when it's yeah. And and then you gotta learn like the big thing. The big thing you kind of gotta do is learn how to weed out the noise, yeah, from the meaningful feedback. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which you know, there's definitely a certain segment of people that are like, if you change something, they're just like, oh god, it's horrible, I hate it. And it's like, well, you're just you're just like naturally aversion to change. Like you've gotten used to it, right? So there's times when I change sounds, and they're like, ah, it's the worst thing ever, I hate it. And you're like, okay. I'm just going to like sit on that for five days and then come back and see what you guys are saying. In the exactly. Forums. Yeah. And it's, in general, like every time be, Facebook changes. Yeah. And then everybody will be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm used to it now. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. 
work, it's worked out. And I, then I, sometimes, I, like the, I like the people that uh, complain about a game in order to brag. Right. We, we got it a lot with Rogue Legacy, where you get 90 people saying, this game is so hard, and then you, you get a, a couple people that are just like, yeah, well, I don't it was find too it hard. easy. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was too easy. My only complaint is that it was too easy. I would have liked if they made it hard. No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) And then when they released the patch, it was, I think they were, the last boss in the patch was almost impossible. Yeah. I know Regami was complaining about how hard it was, and he's (laughs) never done that in his life. Um, Anyways, so we were talking about dynamic music. I think I want to, let's segue with that into... uh, Awkward segue into... Hey, uh, to middleware for Unity. Sure. So when did you become aware of like when Unity started to kind of explode? I don't know. Whenever it started to explode, whatever that was. It was like Later. two years ago, yeah. right? I knew like we've we've never used it. Right. I've I've never done a project with Unity yeah. personally. Um and I think that was I think it started exploding kind of when I was starting with Clay. Yeah. So it was just as I was just getting out of freelancing, so just kind of missed the like I remember people starting to have Unity projects, right? And kind of going, "Oh, the, there's no tools for this. This looks scary." Yeah, as far as audio goes. And it's what was a, like? What was your experience getting when you were freelancing? What was your experience, yeah. experience like getting devs to use middleware? How hard? The what, what's only the, fight? the only people that I ever freelanced for who used middleware was Hothead Games. Right. Everybody else was like nothing. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I had to, like, unfortunately draw a line in the sand and go, I'm not having anything to do with implementation because you have no tools and are not willing to build me anything. Right. I don't want to be responsible. I will make you sounds and throw them over the fence and you put them in. Right, right. Because I was just like... And then I'll just put my head in my hands. Yeah. And <laughs> go, when I hear the mix. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because, well, it was just like there was there was no way to do a mix. Well, you, you know, it was it like, oh, this... It, it was. It was like I don't because that's where I'm at. Yeah, is that because because everyone's using Unity mm-hmm. now? Uh, not everyone, but a lot. Yeah, it's huge um, because you can automatically port to twelve different platforms. Sure, with, it's a it's with, a great tool with tiny tweaks. Yeah, um, and it's cheap. It's easily accessible to indie people. Yep, you know, small budget stuff. It's like yeah. it's great. For oh, I, yeah, I have no complaints about yeah. Unity. I think it's amazing. Um, but I'm not sure if we have audio tools to match that flexibility. There are no audio tools that can match the capabilities of FMOD and Wise but, for Unity, but other than Unity, the plugins. Unity has a plugin for um, FMOD. For FMOD, for Wise. There is one for Wise and FMOD. Yeah, and so, then there's Fabric. Fabric is kind of the like fabric to order. Like somebody made that just for Unity. Yeah, and there's the audio toolkit, which we'll get into. Sure. Um, but the main thing now for me, it was working with indies whose budgets are hundreds of dollars, maybe thousands. Yeah. Like one or two thousand for audio and, and where I have to pick up multiple projects as opposed to uh, one of the bigger indies like you guys who have a proper audio budget for. Yeah. And well, and how many platforms do you usually port to? PC, Mac. PC, Mac, Linux. Mm-hmm. And then... Like, Don't Starve is on PS4. Right. Um, like, that's kind of... Yeah. Um, Mark of the Ninja was PC, Mac, Linux, Xbox 360. Right. 
So generally, like the like computers four. and a console. Right, right. And yeah. so that's – and for FMOD, that's four licenses. Yeah. And I don't know what the rates I are for remember. a company but it's your a size. It's big. Yeah. It's, and so it's, – It's thousands. So when I'm working with indies who want to port to – because they're using Unity and they can and they need to port to as many as they can be in order to make money back. Yeah. It just makes business sense when it's easy to do. Um, and then the FMOD plugins are per platform. Yeah. All of a sudden, my entire audio asset creation budget is overshadowed by implementation licensing. Yeah. It's equal or more totally. to license every single platform. We we could do a whole whole podcast just talking about getting people to use oh, yeah. middleware and how you should because it will yeah. save you time in the long run. Yeah, and that's the real challenge of getting indies to realize that the the what their time is worth. Yep. Is more than the cash up front for, absolutely. You know, um, so I want to hear what you know about the options for Unity, and what my research has come up with. Yeah, though I I've, haven't tried any of them out yet. I have neither. I haven't tried any of them out either. Um, my understanding, and this is serious grain of salt with this. <laughs> this is like half knowledge, half conjecture, half you know overheard stuff right rumors and whatnot um that wise is the best way to go that wise is the easiest one that said fmod i've heard the opposite yeah i've heard i've heard that now fmod has its own plugin fmod it seems more official where it seems like unity and fmod are actually talking and it's on the unity website yeah, that there's an FMOD the plugin. API is my understanding is before this is before the plugin happened, right? There you didn't used to be a plugin, and before that it was the API is fully like implemented on the low level, but like using Designer or Studio was a whole nother like ball of wax. Okay, that that was tough. Like, right, that has to be implemented, but now they've got the plugin. Yeah, so that all of that may be like non-issue. And so is that replacing the Unity audio engine? I think so. Because I know I that the tools either... that I've looked into are just using, they're working within the Unity audio engine. Right. And reorganizing things. I think, I, yeah, I'm not sure, quite honestly. I want to I say that it, the FMOD API replaces the Unity API, but I am talking up my ass. Okay. I do not know, so okay. don't quote me in. Anywhere on sure. that. And then there's Fabric. Yeah. Which that was kind of made by, I'm not sure who made that, but somebody made that in a response to like, oh, the the Unity API doesn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I kind of had been unimpressed by Fabric for quite a while. And then recently I saw it and went, oh, it actually looks like a usable tool now. Well, it's getting there. It's similar to, uh, it's got some similar qualities to Ames, I think. Now with the uh, modular setup that yeah. it's got, it's like Reactor, where you, um, you set up your your little effects. Which, if if uh, nobody's familiar, Ames is the EA tool. Um, I don't know if they use it anymore. No, none of us work there. Yeah, um, but it's the audio event management system, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, I, I I worked at EA, so I used Ames, and it had its problems, but as a creation tool, it was like really. Well, what didn't what the didn't they basically? I think what Gary told us, Gary Bourgeois, was that they made it for Spore originally. They wanted to use Max MSP, and Max MSP said no. No, Ames predates Spore. It, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but it was still somebody went, hey, Max MSP is really awesome, but it's too bad it doesn't output something we can put into code. Right. And the EA tech engineers made that. Yeah. So it's basically a like Max MSP like environment that generates code for platforms. Right. Right. Um, they took that and then made a different version of Ames, I believe, for Spore. Okay. Well, I think Spore was for the generative music. Right. I think that's what Gary was talking about. He's teaching us that. Um, so I wrote some things down for Fabric. Sweet notes. Yeah. So what is exciting about Fabric, which is what the audio toolkit for Unity yep. has many, many more features than Fabric. Okay. But apparently there are problems, according to you. Um, and, but what Fabric has, which is a big one that I've been looking for, is that it actually has side chaining for mixing. Ooh. So you can do dy- dynamic mixing in Unity. Yeah. And uh, there's a whole modular synthesis framework with yep. Fabric, which is really hmm. cool. Um, but uh, it seemed somewhat limited other than that. Right. Um, they have like parameters. And but, you can hook things up to game parameters yeah. and stuff like that. And it's really cheap. Is it's it not, not as cheap as the audio toolkit. No, uh, I'm not, I, you, it doesn't have the price on the website. You actually have to email them okay. to get the price. Um, the audio toolkit is sixty five dollars. Yeah. So well, nothing's going to beat that. I know. Yeah, and and compared to Wiser FMod, which are four hundred per platform for the smallest budget. Yeah, development production. Which a lot of games are going to surpass pretty quickly. It's yeah. pretty easy to get past the low budget. Yeah, and then you're in the mid budget. And, yeah, and then it's then it's huge. And yeah. so it's sixty five dollars once. Yeah, and that it gives you categories. So, so like similar to the container system in Wise, mm-hmm. um, and you've got Doppler. Uh, thing that I didn't think you could get in Unity is yeah. uh, is a roll off for occlusion and things. Yeah, so you can do that with the audio toolkit. Pitch, pan, volume, delay, uh, start time offsets, but still no uh, dynamic music. Right. Dyna- getting dynamic music in Unity seems to be almost impossible. So Fabric won't do it? Fabric doesn't do it. They so just do fading. To. They do right. fading between assets, but there's no can, layering options, queuing to beat like Wise has. Um, can you do uh, multi-channel files? Can you um, do like a 10-channel or 16-channel file? As in instances? Yeah. Layering instances? Yes. Because like, uh, that's how we did... No, I and then you're just are you just measuring your loops to the millisecond and we did uh, so you know when the beats are. One of our projects, um, we did it was a 14 channel file, right? So seven stereo tracks. Okay. That we made the giant loop, and everything was in time internally, and then we just faded layers. So they're all playing, but not making any. Well, though, it's because it's one file. Okay. It's just, and then you're mixing channels. Oh, okay. Like that's kind of one of the the, the workarounds. Yeah. So you don't do on the beat stuff with right. that, but everything stays in time. Right. Because it's one file you're yeah. playing. Like, can you do massive? Like, not every engine supports beyond stereo. Be, yeah. Right. I I know the only thing that I know Wise and Fmod does on the beat is Wise. Yeah. Um, and that's just nice. I know we did. Oh, we did a multi-channel thing in Rogue Legacy, actually. Yep. Kenny did it. He said it was a nightmare. <laughs> Just where we had two versions of the same song yep. between two menus. And when you switch menus, the song stays the same, but all the instrumentation changes. Yeah. And it 
this it picks up at the right point in the song. Yeah. Um, when he did that, I was surprised and excited. Yeah. We did it. It was I think it was Shank Two. We okay. did that, and it, we we built the music as the level went along. So it was like at this point in the level, turn these two channels up. This this channel, this point, turn the next two channels up. So we just like layered instrumentation as it went. Right. Um, which then you have to have this whole matrix of if you're ramping up and down, which tracks you're bringing in and out, and how that like kind of goes. It's right. It works much better if you're you're having a linear experience that you just don't know when you're going to bring stuff in, but it's just kind of like you just keep going up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then that works really well for that, and it works. It can work really well for ambiences as well. I know uh, Prototype. Yep. Um, the console game that uh, I played a lot of Prototype. That was a fun uh, game. Radical. Yep. Radical did Prototype. Um, they had like massive like sixteen channel ambiences. Really? That okay. So like everything's technically running all at once. Right. That just a whole bunch of channels are muted and turned down. And That's super cool. Yeah. How are you producing those files? Um, I was producing the my music ones when I did it. Um, I would get stems from our composers. Right. So it was like, make me a cool music loop and then give me all the stems. Right. And then I will recombine them. So I'd make a, a file that was all of the stems and then mix and match with 14 channels yeah and like, so like how seven do you, stereo pairs seven stereo pairs and sometimes i'd be like all right give me a stem that's like this and this like a 7.1 ac3 or something uh no wave can do 32 channels okay i didn't know that broadcast wave cool broadcast wave can do 32 channels so you have to um i uh, <laughs> it's one of those things i i like audacity i yeah. You know, I'm kind of like, uh, audacity, but there's just stuff that it does. It just, it, keeps, it just keeps working. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh, going to use audacity again. Okay. Awesome. I mean, awesome free tool. I was just um, doing so a I video used... for smarter every day, um, yeah. where we, I used RX to bring up a spe- spectrogram. We worked with that, this YouTube guy, Flula and he did beatboxing. And then we analyzed the frequency spectrum of his, one of his bass drums or something. Yeah. And, um, I got, an email from some, one of the subscribers later on asking what tool I used and if they if it would be, you know, worthwhile to use it in a classroom. And I was like, well, it's probably going to be, it, you know, it's an $800 program. So that's not useful <laughs> to get that at every, every student's computer. Um, but Audacity does it. Yeah. You can get great spectrograms in Audacity. Yeah. Just as good as RX. You can't manipulate them like you can, but if all you're doing is analyzing them. Totally. Then, it just keeps working. So it's real easy in Audacity to build a like massive like 16 or 32 channel wave file. Really? Yeah. Sweet. You, you, you open it up and you just kind of like put all the tracks. So you open up your session that in Audacity that's just like all the tracks. Right. And then you go export and you're like wave and it's like where should I send all these channels? Right. And you just go all to individual new channels. Okay. And, and then do you know what happens on the implementation size? And you have a huge file. <laughs> and which, so FMOD recognizes multiple channels. Yeah. They, last time I looked, they were supposed to do 16. Um, and there was a bug, um, which is why we did 14. Okay. Uh, I'm fairly confident they have fixed that bug since, but at the time I was like, we can't wait for the fix. Right. We'll just go 14. We'll go with 14. We just kind of need to know our limit and then work within it. Right. 
So we went with 14. And there was this weird thing where as soon as you put in 16 and started to try to adjust the volumes of channels 15 and 16, it wiped out all of your volume info for like every other channel. Awesome. So it was just like, it was weird to track down too. It was like, why, like, why is this not, you'd be like, do it, save it and open it in and be all gone. You'd be like, what's going on? Oh man. So it took out the two channels and I'm like, okay, there it works. works with that many channels. That's what we'll work within. And sent off to FMON. They're like, yep. All right. Awesome. Logged. It's a bug. We'll fix that. Cool. Um, I'm pretty sure I heard back from there. Like, yep, we fixed that. And I was like, well, that's nice, but I'm already working with this. It's fine. Like I'm right. going to be like, Hey, we can have two more channels and like redo everything. We had a like working system because we kind of identified here's how many channels we've got to work with now. Where do we want to change everything? Right. Right. I wonder how hard my programmers would cry if I asked them if they could make that happen. I imagine a lot. Yeah. Seeing as I've asked programmers when I was freelance in the past, like, Hey, can you pitch things? And that makes them cry. <laughs> uh, that that said, like a lot of the stuff we got pitching. Uh, oh, XNA did pitching for Rogue yep. Legacy. XNA was actually surprisingly powerful. Yeah, it was good. Um, from what I've heard, though, like I when I did uh, Infested Planet with Alex Vostroff. Yep, um, which is going to come out soon. Finally, yeah, excited. Uh, he um, he got me on that game and was like, all right, you know, no budget. He was like, what do you need as as far as audio goes? What do you need to do? And I was like, all right, here's my laundry list of things that, like, you need to be able to, how you need to manipulate audio. This is all yeah. the stuff. Like, you know, you need to be able to pitch stuff. You need to be able to randomize stuff in these ways within a container. And mm-hmm. he was like, okay, I'll, I'll, like, write a little audio engine. And I had, like, a text file that that's how he implemented audio. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, I want to be able to do, you know, pitch randomization ranges, like, a set of, like, pick this random pitch from these 10 pitches and stuff. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So he gave me like everything I kind of asked for. And I was like, I wasn't going nuts of asking for like, I need 16 channel audio and dynamic beat mixing. And you know, it was simple, but he did it. He spent a bunch of time on it. And then since went, yeah, I should have just licensed F mod. Yeah. Well, it's like 200 of his hours, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He estimated 200 hours and for he's, implementing. And like, he's only, I think, Porting to PC and Mac and Linux, probably. Right? Yeah, it's all computers, so yeah. it's not a lot of platforms. No. Yeah. So he was definitely like, "Yeah, I should, I should have just licensed something." Like, yeah. It was cool that I made my own audio engine, but as a far as how much time I spent, should have just done something else. Yeah. Which, which is a great example. If if anyone out there is a freelancer and is like trying to convince people to get middleware, there's kind of the, the do you have two hundred hours that you you know. You can throw Don't mind it. throwing at making an audio engine? Yeah. Go for it. Otherwise, how much is your time worth? Yeah, exactly. Um, we What was I going to say? Oh, with uh, I know with Rogue Legacy, we didn't even, we never got panning. Oh. oh. I, told, I told Kenny about panning and he was like, oh man. Uh, we ran out of time. He actually got pretty excited about the concept of panning, but then we had to release the game. Yeah. Because um, of, all, of all the things that XNA can do, it can't pan. It's weird. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, that's one of those things too. You don't, because we're so entrenched in audio, I think we don't think how little some people think about audio. Yeah. And it's not that they're like... And he was one of the better devs I've worked with. Yeah, for sure. they just, they just don't very think aware. about it. He's very aware. Yeah. Really good critiques and like yeah. he knows he knew what he want wanted but yeah. um as far as yeah people don't think about uh 
audio affecting gameplay the way it does. Yeah. I, found, um, I remember, I always found that a lot of my time as a freelancer was spent educating. Yeah. You know, like this is, this is what you want to do. And if this is what you want, the results you want, this is what you need to do. And this is, this is what panning is. This yeah. is what pitching is. This is what it means. And yeah. I, I like that aspect sometimes because it's so it, it makes me go over what exactly is panning. Yeah. Because it's basically uh, attenuation mm-hmm. on either side. I hadn't really thought about it that way before. <laughs> I was just, well, you just move the sound around. Right. <laughs> because it's usually me with the matrix <laughs> sliding it around. I, uh, I taught a class once um, mm-hmm. for – it was game audio for game designers. Yeah. So like intro level stuff. But I was teaching them Pro Tools and stuff like that. And a lot of the interface of Pro Tools, they all questioned – um, cause they weren't musicians. They mm-hmm. weren't coming from a, a recording background like mm-hmm. I was, you know, like I used to record a two inch tape and big consoles and, and like the, the kind of paradigm of all the DAWs is based off of that, of like, these are channels on a mixing desk. Right. Was it the linear thing they had a problem with? Just a lot of it, but they were just also was a lot of, it was just like, well, why, why does this work this way? Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, right. You don't know, you don't have no basis of the paradigm this was based in. So it was like, okay, well, I got to take it a step back and go, this is, was a mixing board. And this is why teach a little history. Yeah. This is why it's called a bus. Yeah. You know, like this is that paradigm. And they, they were like, Oh, okay. It was just, but they had no historical relevance to it all. Like, yeah, yeah. So, and it was something of like, Oh, right. I never think about not knowing why a bus is a bus. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting seeing, Seeing that with devs, you got to do a lot of education. Yeah. And, and it's really nice when you get a dev who's like open to that. Yeah. And, and gets, wants to gets know. excited about things. Yeah. Well, Nick Wanders is so pumped on audio right now. It's great. Let's talk about uh, what, do you, what do you think so was. Uh, we're still in January. Well, we're February now. Yeah. But last year still looms over us fairly mm-hmm. heavily. So uh, last year's indie games. What Let's sound, go over it. What sounded good to you? Uh, Proteus was amazing. Yeah. Unless that was 2012. I'm so slow. Um, I play things late. Proteus was, as far as uh, audio nerd goes. It came out on the PS3 and Vita last year? Did it? So, like, you're in in there. It might have come out in 2012. It might have been 2012. But it came out on a console I know it wasn't. I know it wasn't at Indiecade or anything. Yeah. And it should have been, so it probably is. I'm still (laughs) excited about it in 2014. Yeah. Um, Obviously, the Stanley Parable. Yeah, was, the mastering and the mixing of that game were I still almost played perfect. enough of that. Almost perfect. Neither yeah. have I. Um, but as far as a dialogue mix goes, mm-hmm. it, and the implementation is incredible. It's just a, an amazingly well done game. Yeah. Um, in every way, sound just being one of the aspects. So IGF uh, finalists um, for audio, uh, Stanley Parable is in there. Uh, Crypt of the Nectar Dancer is in there, mm-hmm. which uh, everybody's with Power Up. Yep, are doing. Um, and Dominic Pamplemousse in It's All Over Once the Fat Lady Sings. I have not played that game yet. Um, check it out. Deirdre did that. She used to live in Vancouver. Oh, um, okay. Uh, she's great, and it's Before like for my time. Uh, totally, just it's it's a claymation musical detective game. Awesome. Yeah, it's. It's super quirky and yep. interesting and neat, and it's totally to me like what the IGF should be all about. Awesome! Like, like that is, yeah. All three of those games are. 
Really? Yeah. Thing. And then three other games that I never played. Um, I'm not see. sure if you're uh, familiar with them, so I can't really comment. Uh, Device 6 and The Yog and Samorost 3. I've played none of those. I'm um, a bad yeah, indie we, gamer. Apparently. I'm assuming they all sound great because they're up for the uh, award. They're up for the award. Um, so maybe uh, before the next podcast, we should... Uh, Let's play those games. Play those games and report back. And then honorable mentions... Sokobond, haven't played that either. I, I met, I hung out with the Sokobond yeah. guy at Indicate. Yeah, yeah. What's what is it? It's uh, actually a puzzle game mm-hmm. based on the periodic table of elements and putting together uh, elements cool. in their little chemical. But awesome. it's a really, really great puzzle game. Yeah. Cool. Um, and the sounds are very clean, very nice. Nice. Uh, Banner Saga got an honorable mention, which oh. I've only played a little bit of. That um, game looks so cool. Looks amazing. It sounded good yeah. from what I, I haven't really dug into it, but mm-hmm. like a lot of times I judge a game pretty quick audio wise. Yep. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is, I think this is going to sound good to me. Right on. Um, I got to just dig in player. Potato Man Seeks the Truth. Don't know that one either. You? Nope. No. All right. Add that to the list. Four games we need to play before the next podcast. Jazz Punk. Jazz Punk's out. cool. They did that awesome, crazy uh, live-action trailer. Yeah, I met that guy at PAX. The trailer was hilarious. At f- that trailer caught me off guard because at first I was like, a lot of cliched sounds in here, yeah. which are totally all on purpose. Yeah. Um, well, the whole, it's like, hilarious, just over-the-top insanity. Yeah, and it was the, the whole like spot-on knockoff of Johnny Mnemonic, yeah. which I, I love to hate. Johnny Mnemonic. It's a horrible, horrible <laughs> movie um, that I saw in the theater and should have walked out in the first five minutes. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah it just starts on such a bad note. You're like, I just should, I should quit. <laughs> I should quit while I'm ahead at this point. But then you're like, no, it's William Gibson. It's going to be awesome. And you're like, no, it isn't. Oh. But then, like, as time has progressed, it's just like, it's so cheesy. Like, there's yeah. stuff in it that is, so to see somebody, like, riff on it so dead on was like, okay, I'm super interested. Yeah. If this is the humor these guys have, it's, I'm super interested it's in It's one game. guy. I'm yeah. pretty sure that game is one dude. That's awesome. Um, he's, a, he's a powerhouse. Uh, and then the last honorable mention was Don't Starve. Oh, there you go. Which, you know, I'm, yeah, that's me. Who did Yay. that? Horrible, horrible sounding game. I don't know what that guy was thinking. So, so yeah, that's what's going on in the IGF this year, which is will be exciting. I'll be down there. Are you going to be down at uh, I'm still, well, we'll see how these next couple of contracts yep. go. I've got another meeting on Monday. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully I can afford there, to go. Um, GDC is a pretty I really want to go. Awesome and event I think, for audio people. I mean, business-wise, if the trip turns into, what, one or two contracts, and it pays for itself. Yeah. And if I am good at all. <laughs> being a freelancer, I should be able to make that happen. Um, yeah, I, I mean... What I'm, is the... Well, I guess you've never freelanced it down. What did, but, yeah, no, you say, what's the budget for GDC if you want to go to the, from Vancouver? About 1400 I think it's in? probably closer to two. Yeah. I mean, it all depends on how you get there, where you're staying. Yeah. Um, thankfully for us, we can get an audio pass. True. Which is, you know... Sure, you can only go to the audio events. Right. But you know, nothing wrong with going to just the audio events, and it's way cheaper. Right. So if you like, Is it? I think it's quite expensive still. I think it's... It's depending on when you get it. I think early birds are gone, so now right. it's like 800 now. Right. Um, but it's like 14 or 15 or something for the main pass. Really? 
Yeah, it's significantly cheaper. Right. And we're the only segment of the industry that has our own one. There's no art path. There's no design path. There's no programmer path. True. Obviously and I mean, it, one that gets you can one, still so. go to the parties, basically. Yeah. The, and I always found that, people. like, I've I've never gone as a freelancer. Oh, no, I did. I go in, in one year as a freelancer. Okay. Um, but I went to learn, not to hustle for jobs. Right. So I went to all the talks, and I learned a lot, and I got really excited again about what I do. Yeah. And, you know, seeing people that are... I find it real invigorating to see that people are doing the same things I'm doing. Right. It's like a validation of like, I do know what I'm doing and I am doing it right. Yeah. Totally. That guy's doing a talk and he does the same thing I do. So like, okay, I'm not a, like I could do a talk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then all the like post networking, um, I find super invigorating as well. And I found that was Indiecade was a blast. Yeah. Um, I haven't really been hustling for jobs at any... I've only been to PAX and Indicate. Yeah. I am still s- just super new to this industry. And uh, I really, really enjoyed Indicate just for making some friends, basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's like... I like have all these people on Twitter and stuff. So, yeah. I, wanna, I almost want to go to GDC just to see a few people yeah. again. Yeah. It was really cool to put actual faces to screen names and then yeah. hang out. Like, we went to... A, an audio people dinner that was like after the first day. Right. And it was like, they'd made a reservation. Somebody had made a reservation at a Chinese restaurant and it was like, yeah, everybody who's audio just show up. And then the reservation turned into be twice as many people. It was like, they took over the whole restaurant. Cool. It was like 60 people or something like that. Really? All audio nerds. Yeah. So it was just big tables of audio people, like, Mm -hmm. Which was super awesome. Met some great people there. Got a really awesome restaurant crowd recording, too, because for some reason they had no music playing. I wonder so if that was my like, request. I, I snuck into a back corner. I had, you know, nice. always be recording. Yep. My hashtag goes. Yeah. Um, I snuck into a corner and started recording crowds. So I got this really awesome crowd. It's up on, uh, I put it up on SoundCloud for a free download for anybody who wants to use it. Oh, great. As well. Cool. So, what are you recording with right now? Uh, my portable recorder is just a Sony D50. Okay. Um, and I still have my old H4, mm-hmm. not the oh, the, yeah, the silver one, um, which I have as kind of my backup. And I've started sending that off with people. Right. Um, one of our artists went for a vacation in Hawaii. Uh, I was okay. like, here, could you? Would you mind taking this with you? And if you hear interesting things, record a tortoise. Here is here is how you set it up for recording, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Go for it. And so she, you know, and I was like, verbally slight things. Just tell me what it is. Like, I am next to a waterfall. Yeah, cool. And then record the waterfall. Cool. So I've started, because I kind of don't care about that one. Like, if somebody wrecks it, I'm like, whatever. It's it's old. Um, so it's good for that. Like, I'm just, like, starting to send other people on the team. Which, too, I think is, is it's nice because I'm embedded with a team. Right. I'm not, because I'm not freelancing. I've got that at my disposal. And it makes more people on the team think about audio. Right. So like I'm involving them in the process. Yeah. You know, which is great. Getting people's hands on things. Yeah. And, yeah. Making them feel like they've physically con- contributed something just amps it all up. Yeah. A guy, the- a guy from VFS recently posted, uh, I believe his H- H4N recording that he put under, under a train. It's awesome. It's one of the best recordings I've heard in Sweet. ages. So I'll I'll find the link to that. We'll throw that underneath. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, shall we wrap it up? Sure. So we'll put applicable links underneath yeah. or somewhere. We'll put up uh, um, 
we'll put up stuff. Uh, I'll put up that uh, that crowd recording. Yeah. Um, wherever we host this, um, we'll you know, put the link to that. Yep. Um, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm Matt Esk. M a t t e s q u e. I also um, have been doing some strange, weird music under the Matt Esk name. If you go to Bandcamp, you'll find that there or louder. Um, Louder.fm. Yep. Cool. I am at at a shell in the pit, all one word, and uh, a shell in the pit.com. If I said anything stupid, you want to yell at me, you can email me, tweet me, whatever. And uh, let's get this happening regular. You betcha. There we go. Cool. Bye. Yeah.